Bukitovin, good morning, and thanks as always to our dear friends, Chani and Lenny Grunstein, who sponsored our 10 Minutes of Meaning series for the year in memory of Chani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron ben Yitzchak, whose neshama should have an aliyah. Through our study of Mesilas Hashem, the Ramchal provides for us a formula and a guide of how to live our best lives. And again, as we review each and every week, it begins his introduction, Bebeir Kla Chovas Ha'adam Ba'olamo. It begins by having an honest conversation with ourselves about what is our purpose, our mission in this world that we are here not to take, to receive. We're not here for the privileges and the rights, but rather we're here for the duties and responsibilities. Given who we are and the gifts we've been given, what are we meant to do with this world? So how do we achieve that? It begins with Zahiras, mindfulness, caution, conscientiousness, living a life where we're thinking about everything we say and we do. Then moves to Zerizas, alacrity, enthusiasm, zeal, and the pursuit of accomplishing those resolutions, those goals. And then it's moved over to Nikias, which is identifying the things that stand in our way, man's greatest impediments, obstacles, distractions, temptations, and how we can overcome them. And in that context, we've spoken about the taiva, the great draw for money. We've spoken about promiscuity, sexuality, profanity. We've spoken about food. And lately, the last thing we left off with, we pick up again, is the Ramchal's discussion about abusive language, what he calls honaz dvarim. Not only are we warned by the Torah to be careful not to extort people with money financially, to exaggerate, but also to be extremely careful with our words. Words build and words destroy. Words create and words can eliminate. And therefore, a person has to be exceedingly cautious with their words, not to be abusive. And we saw in that context, you don't remind people, the Baal Tshuva, you don't remind them about where they were. The person who struggled, you don't tell them about what they've overcome. The person who has an inglorious past, you don't tell them about, remind them about that previous reputation, those previous behavior. A person has to be extremely mindful about the words we use, the jokes we tell, about the attitudes that we bring. If we discriminate and we're biased and we're hurtful and we're callous and we marginalize with our words within the Jewish community and towards those outside the Jewish community, then we have forfeited our very humanity, we have conceded our very godliness uh, by doing so. And the Torah tells us this is even true when it comes to a mitzvah. We have a biblical mandate, a biblical responsibility. If you see someone doing something wrong, to tell them, to gently tell them, to tell them specifically in a way that they're going to hear. Maybe you should call someone out in front of a group of people. You see someone doing something wrong. Maybe you should say, hey, you didn't make a bracha. Hey, you're not supposed to be eating that. Hey, you shouldn't look at that. Hey, you shouldn't be wearing that. Maybe you should even call someone out in a way which is going to embarrass and humiliate them. So the pastor concludes, don't bring a chait upon yourself by calling out the chait within someone else. And the Gemara has very careful guidelines and rules about how to give this tochecha, how you give rebuke. How do you give rebuke? Don't say something which won't be listened to. Just like it's a mitzvah to say something that will be heard, it's a mitzvah not to say something that won't be heard. A person has to be very, very careful about the attitude and the way that we communicate. This is true with strangers, all the more so it's true with our own family members. Sometimes you want to give feedback to a child, you want to give feedback to a spouse, you want to give feedback to a, uh, a colleague. You have to be very, very judicious and thoughtful and careful with the words that we choose. We see from here just how far reaching this prohibition goes and how harsh is its punishment that a person has to be extremely, extremely careful. Moving over to the next area of interpersonal relationships and mindfulness, not to run into obstacles and impediments, the Ramchal now continues with giving advice to someone else. 
Torah tells us that you can't put a stumbling block in front of a blind person. Now, very interestingly, the one thing the Pasuk doesn't mean is its literal meaning. You don't violate the prohibition of Lufna Iver when you actually stick your foot out and trip a blind person. Maybe you violate other prohibitions. So what is this referring to? It means a person who's blind to the very thing they're asking you advice about. So they want to know. Someone says, I have a shidduch question for you. I got to tell you, by far, worst part of the rabbinate. It's a great part of the rabbinate. I love helping people, and I love helping them make shidduchim, and I love helping them find happiness. I don't love the interrogations that come along with it. I do not love having to answer the questions. So I'm very happy you could put my name down on your resume, your child's resume, for a job or for their interview for a spouse. Um, and I welcome those calls because I'm happy to help, but they're not enjoyable. There's an interrogation. So let's say someone asks you a question and you think that you're going to conceal the truth. You're going to mislead the questioner. You're going to a crime of commission or omission, but you're not going to share everything. So they ask, They want to know, is she eligible to a Kohen, let's say? And you say yes, but the truth is she's invalid. She's disqualified for a Kohen. So you've misled and you've set them up for disaster and prohibition, you've given poor advice. Somebody, should I take this job? Should I do business with this person? What do you think? Should I take this, um, should I take this uh, directions to be able to get to that place? And you know there's traffic, you know there's construction, whatever the case may be. If you give poor advice, you've damaged, there's an injured party. Don't sell, sell the stock and buy this other stock when you really are not going to do so yourself or you believe otherwise. The one you answer to in evaluating whether in fact this is uh, pro- proper advice is You have to live in awe and fear of the Rebunashlam, of the Almighty. He's watching, he's in the room. So really you want to buy that house, you want to buy that car, and it's not for sale. So what are you going to do? You're going to go to that person and you're going to encourage them. I think you should sell your house. Now's a good time to sell the car. But really the only reason that you're doing that is because why? You want to be the one to buy it. That doesn't pass the Viyaresim Elokecha test. If God were in the room watching and he knew all the facts that you knew and he saw the advice that you were giving and how unsound it is, it would not pass the Viyaresim Elokecha test. And if it doesn't pass that test, don't do it. Someone turns to you for advice, for guidance, for insight, whether it's something that involves you or it's something that has nothing to do with you. But a person has to be very thoughtful. You can't be dismissive and you can't be callous in giving advice. The Torah knows very well the way that cheats and swindlers operate. And we're not dealing with fools whose harmful advice is well known, but clever people who are to cloak their poor advice, their negative advice, either to their own benefit or even if it has nothing to do with them. But they're able to do so, and they're giving out advice that looks beneficial, but really it's harmful. If it's going to be negative and it's going to damage the other, and therefore our rabbi said, maybe you'll say, What are you criticizing? How dare you second guess me? I'm giving excellent advice. Nobody knows necessarily what's in your heart. Are you the one who wants to purchase it? Do you gain some benefit from their selling their stock, marrying that person, pursuing that business deal, taking that job, moving into that home? Who knows what's in your heart? 
How often people fail on this test of Yerusha And they give advice. You know, we live in a world of, of mutual benefit. And you give bad advice. The Torah goes so far as to curse. Curse it as a person who misleads another. And I would say, my dear friends, that in the social media era, in the email, text, and WhatsApp era, that perhaps this violation, this prohibition, is violated in even other mundane ways, more accessible ways that we have each and every day. When you forward articles that you haven't vetted, when you advance opinions and share that are not really uh, cogent and don't really pass the Yerisim Lakacha test, you've given bad advice. You know, how often do I see a certain article or story goes viral, and then I get that email from 10 people, and then there's a follow-up. Sorry, turns out it wasn't true. Somebody snoped it or looked into it, and it wasn't valid. That's, that's, that's giving bad advice. It's People who are consumers of information and who don't necessarily do so discerningly or judiciously are consuming whatever information you put out there. The emails you forward and the posts that you write and the links that you share. And if you haven't vetted it and if you don't know it to be true and to be valid and to be righteous, then you've armed people with bad opinions, bad ideas, harmful to their own conclusions they're drawing about themselves, about others, about decisions they're making in life. So I think that in the time in which we're living, the information age and the mass global dissemination of information age, the potential to violate this prohibition is even more important, that we have to be very thoughtful and mindful and careful in terms of what information we're providing, the advice we're giving. You wouldn't consider it advice. You'd say, what I put on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or put on WhatsApp or share in an email, Nobody asked me for advice. How am I violating the prohibition of giving bad advice? Nobody asked me for advice. The answer is, by definition, implicitly, the people who are communicating over these platforms are accepting advice from one another in the form of shared and referred articles. We have to be very, very careful. So again, here the Ramchal reminds us, in the Midah of Nikias, if we're trying to cleanse ourselves of bad practices, cleanse ourselves of behavior, temptation, of... of uh, of the types of mindset that are negative, not only for us, but harmful of others, we have to be very careful. The language we use not to be abusive on us We have to be very careful about the advice that we dispense. The common denominator of all is the heroes and zrizos. We have to be mindful, and we have to then, with enthusiasm, do what is right. And in that way, please God, live our best selves. Have a wonderful day. I hope my computer will be back up and running momentarily for Living with Amuna at 8.45. Tonight, behind the beam, a special guest, Rabbi Aaron Cutler, the CEO of Base Medrash Gavoa in Lakewood. We're going to find out how many are learning in Lakewood, where do they go when they're done. We'll talk about what's going on in Lakewood with the pandemic, what's going on in Lakewood in reaction to the national conversation. Fascinating tonight at 9 p.m. behind the Bima. Have a great day, everyone.